Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast, episode 17, Photo Friday special, recorded February 9th, 2018. I think this is the first one of 2018. Uh, it's nice to get the gang back together. It was supposed to be a roundtable, but uh, some of our colleagues couldn't make it for this uh, recording. But again, no love lost. I'm joined by my good friend and compadre, Dimitri Rousseau, as uh, we delve into the world of photography about, you know, certain uh, topics we've been discussing over the past couple of weeks uh, regarding the Instagrammability. Yes, that's the word. Instagrammability of certain locations uh, when you're talking about travel photography. I'm sure everybody's come across this phenomenon where basically people uh, try to basically analyze how noteworthy a location might be and how Instagram might, you know, process that in terms of likes and, you know, repercussions and how that really augments your social presence. And that's something that's increasingly happening and I've seen it go around, you know, when you're trying to just enjoy the location and you actually have to basically readjust your thought process and said like will this make a nice pick on instagram so that was a very nice topic of conversation and one among many that we touched on during this really enlightening conversation so uh let's get into it episode 17 awaken the awesome photo friday special with dimitri Rousseau. let's do this I started reading things about algorithms and how Facebook apparently is actually going the other way now. Like okay. that kind of like going back to more human interaction and, 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 and having humans decide more what they see on their feed versus having the algorithm. So I, I think just that's got into that and, and then like, I was like, yeah, so, but it's weird because Facebook owns Instagram. So why are they not? That's the thing. That's the thing. Because when I read the article, and it goes, it goes through, you know, some very important points. You know, it's a very short article. It's a very, you know, consistent, concisely written article. But it just touches on a lot of sweet spots, especially for like you know everyday people. But this generation, again, I have to cite millennials. And again, I'm not bashing, but it's something I notice. Whether you know it's it's through a restaurant or anything. If we're just strictly talking about travel, since that's what the article was about. And we're definitely going to link to it in the, in the blog post for this episode. But the thing is, it's like you are the it used to be where you're just there and you're just happy to be there and you're just taking the experience of being there. But I keep thinking on a philosophical and, and physical standpoint, once you put the device between you and the experience, are you not devaluing your your reason for being there in the first place? When the article says the Instagrammability of a location is the top deciding factor of whether or not a millennial will choose to travel there, that troubles me. Wait, because because it's like basically what happens right now. I think it, it, it's, it becomes all about social validation, right? So it's like, oh, yeah, I wanna, I, you're thinking about traveling. You're not thinking about the experiences that you're going to have. You're not thinking about the people that you're going to meet. You're thinking about how are the people back home in my network are going to perceive how awesome my life is. Let me make sure that I go to this location. Let me make sure that I frame this properly. Let me make sure that this selfie is awesome enough. And let me just make sure that this post goes up as soon as possible, just to make sure that everybody's experiencing Kuala Lumpur just, just as much as I do. Or let me be at this Bon Jovi concert I'm just saying Bon Jovi because it was like, you know, the Bon Jovi's been all over the radio this past few days. Um, it's just like, I mean, just being, and the thing is like, you're, you're in a sea of cell phones. I was streaming, um, a con- I saw this concert of um, Ed Sheeran at the, um, what's it called? This, this, this Glasgow festival. What's it called? Glastonbury. Um, Glastonbury. Thank you. Yeah. You're always so enlightened. <laughs> I'm like, and 
First of all, I, I did not know I would enjoy Ed Sheeran so much, like in an unplugged type of concert scenario, but he's actually very good. I'm sorry mm -hmm. for, I'm a neophyte in Ed Sheeran, but it would just boggle my mind to see how many cell phones were up in the air. Like, okay, are you actually experiencing? Because there are some people who are just looking at the thing through their phone. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm looking at this through my TV, but I'm telling myself, but but you're there. Isn't it enough to be there? Like, okay, if it's not shared on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, did you go? Were you actually I I would totally be okay if you had gone to Glastonbury, you came back and you told me, Uri, I went to Glastonbury, it was awesome. I'm not gonna set you down. It's like, did you share it on Instagram? I didn't see it on Instagram. What, yeah, did, that, that's what it is right now. Though. Right now, it's like if if there was not a, it first, and it has. It's not just also because you could have also gone to Glastonbury, taken pictures, got home two weeks later, posted the pictures. But even that, that's no longer that's no longer a form of social acceptable like method. Like it two has weeks to later, like, like it's it's right gone. Now it's all about even like I was looking. Uh, another thing I was telling my girlfriend is like right now on Instagram. I feel like more and more people are driving away from actually like the the traditional feed and people are doing more of the stories thing right mm -hmm. which is like it's essentially like what snapchat uh, the snapchat that's, model it's the snapchat model basically and, and that's what it's becoming right now like i have i not to like judge anybody's like social media habits or whatever but i have so many people that i follow that if you look at their feed, they have zero pictures, but they're stories. posting stories every day and they're kind of live streaming their lives. Um, and I mean, I, well, people do social media for different reasons, but I think the danger becomes that if we kind of go back to the whole people are picking places to go based on Instagram ability, then it also creates a level of repetition that's, that's insane because like at one point you see these pictures of, I don't know, Dubrovnik or of Machu Picchu in Peru, and it seems like everybody has the exact same picture. And then the reason is because they had seen that picture on Instagram, and then the, so they got to Machu Picchu, and they're like, oh, this blogger or influencer or whatever took a picture here, so I'm going to do the exact same thing. Well, who was it? I believe I was listening to an episode of This Week in Photo, and Frederick Van Johnson, the host, basically said... You know, if you live in the Bay Area and if the Golden Gate Bridge could speak back to you, could you actually show the Golden Gate Bridge a single picture that has not been taken of it? You know, so, like, so you see that photo of the Golden Gate Bridge in the fog in the morning or in the dusk, you know, or, or in late night afternoon. I think, you know, if you took a picture of the Lord Buddha, which the, inter the, uh, the article said you can't do, by the way, yeah, but yeah, a yeah. lot of people do. Still do. Yeah. <laughs> people still do. Can, can you actually, like, let's take the Eiffel Tower. How many pictures of the Eiffel Tower or how many pictures of Notre Dame in Paris have been taken? But everybody wants to reproduce that just to make sure, like, look, I took that picture in Paris. But even if you did not bring back a photo, if even if you didn't, but, it, but you know, but if you're going to be devil's advocate, right? If I'm talking about Paris, I'm talking about my personal experience. When the first time we went to Paris, my, my wife and I, I do remember I, at the time I was like shooting like a madman. I was shooting all over the place. And when we went to um, the Palais de Versailles mm -hmm. and we went for an entire day trip, I'm in Versailles. I'm in Paris. This is historical. See, I'm like in historical ground. This is There's an entire history and culture here. And this is beautiful. I'm, I'm really taking this in. I'm never going to be back here in a while, which I haven't. 
So I can totally understand taking millions upon millions of pictures, which makes for a great album and a slideshow, you know, years later. We looked at it a couple of weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. But at the same time, we did take in the time. We had a picnic, you know, but at, at that time, it wasn't, Instagram wasn't even a thing. Mm -hmm. But now I'm really thinking to myself, would it be the same thing? And I'm paralleling that with my wife, who's very active on you know everything she captures especially with the kids you know like you know oh like the kids are playing or they're laughing or they're hugging each other or they're getting dressed or they're coming out of the shower or they're in their snowsuits or they got a new they got a new shirt click 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 wait wait let me share this let me share this let me share this i guess it's part of a new social dynamic of the as you as you mentioned the instantaneous feeling of sharing this emotion as immediate as possible you know, with the WhatsApps and the textings and the Facebooks and the Instagrams, it's it's a little bit concerning to me. So it's what, concerning. If, what and at if you... the same time, it's I don't know. It, I don't, don't want to also. Not, I don't want to be the person that's like like that grumpy old folk that's like bashing. Yeah, uh, I try really hard not to know? be that person. But <laughs> sometimes I just come off a very like off-putting. Uh, but I do it like the other day I saw a meme that was kind of like, oh, do you know that you still lose the weight if you don't like put your gym picture on Instagram? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and like, I, I, I don't know. It just makes me laugh. Like I'm not, but I have good, very good friends that post all of their gym pictures on Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, man, live your life. <laughs> do you? But it, do you, you know, but, uh, but, but yeah, at the same time, I, I also laugh at that meme. So. I don't know. I'm I'm really ambivalent about the whole thing because I I mean I I do use Instagram a lot, um, and and I use it I guess in a, maybe in a different way. My Instagram it doesn't have that many selfies. Well, it depends on which Instagram. So I have two Instagrams. <laughs> yeah, but if we're strictly talking about if we're strictly talking about the street zen, your street zen is it's it's obvious. Like you know, you go on your page and it's obvious that you're promoting your street photography. Yep. So if I go on your street zen feed, I know that this is what I expect to see, not just from you know your 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 Instagram handle you know, but also because of your profile page and your program profile description and the content, it basically speaks for itself. It is your body of work. All right. If we're going to go on a personal sense, if you're just like all over the place and just like, you know, putting selfies all over the place, it's like, okay, this is, a per this is you, but is this, is it, is it is describing really you? you <laughs> is this really you? Or is it it's the really image you want to promote of you? That's not where I'm concerned. I guess my the big for me the biggest concern about Instagram is I feel like it's making all of us like advertisers instead of like humans. Like I feel like there's, I think it's even before Instagram there is mm -hmm. definitely something in human nature that is um, that we want to kind of advertise a better version of ourselves or always. Like we, 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 that, I think that always existed. I think social. Uh, appearances have, have always been a thing, but it, it is somewhat like exacerbated right now. And it's, it's definitely taken to le another level that you have the people that are literally faking situations, like taking pictures that look like something else. So that just trying to get that validation, trying to get those likes, um, people posting pictures like that they're having fun at the club where they're having a miserable time. So we're I mean, shooting for likes. We're shooting for likes, and this has been a con this has been a concern for quite some time. And this is way before the age of like prevailing mobile photography. 
Shooting for likes as opposed to shooting for yourself has always been the equilibrium that every photographer, professional, amateur, or like, you know, serious hobby or not has been trying to balance. Some people, you know, are shooting for likes. Some people are just like, okay, I don't care. I'm just putting this content over. And some people just, you know what? Hey, I'm interested. This is my high because let's not forget that these social tools are basically dopamine pumps. Yeah. Just you're walking around with the algorithm is built not to promote you, but to keep you on the platform as long as possible. We're going into the basically the social engineering of the thing. But I do agree with you that the entire dynamic of Instagram as a tool, I've seen it evolve. And again, I'm not seeing the, just like Facebook, we had this conversation about Facebook years ago, and this is the same thing that's happening right now. When you hand the control over to the algorithm and you realize that the algorithm is more interested into promotion as opposed to communication, collaboration, or connection, you realize that, hey, maybe I'm misusing this or maybe the intended purpose has lost its way somehow. Because let's not forget, Facebook is in the business of marketing. It's not in the business of connection or interaction or communication. Facebook is in the business of marketing. And through Instagram, again, this is only my opinion, it's only extending that mission. That is just my personal belief. It's just another avenue that they have into your pocket and your eyeballs. Instagram has, it's, 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 it's evolved and it's become quite, um, I, just like you, I don't see the same people I used to. Whether I follow some commercial accounts or personal accounts, I'm seeing myself lost in a sea of repetition. And I'm just like not seeing the people I genuinely would care to see, you know? And so for me, it's just like, it always goes back to like, there's so much noise and promotion. You're just asking yourself, what's the point? Um, it's, it's, it's definitely has its foothold into our eyeballs. And again, I'm not saying it's a bad tool. Photography wise, it's a great promotional tool. And, you know, just in terms of, you know, overall getting people out there and pulling out their phones and shooting, it's definitely, you know, the best tool for the job. Well, the most prevailing, if you, if you will. But as far as the algorithm is concerned, there is a lot of disappointment on my end because over the over the very short period that, you know, the guys behind the magic have tweaked things, you realize that you're seeing a lot more commercial accounts and a lot more promotions like, you know, movies and studios and, you know, the people who can afford to actually do those promotional things. You see a little bit more of that than, you know, the genuine you know, friends or other relations that you genuinely care about on a day-to-day basis. I and think they should have really left it chronological, like, because basically what happens, so definitely what you just said, you see way more uh, commercial accounts or people that are paying to get their posts uh, featured, mm-hmm. but you then, let, let's say, for example, like, I, I, I like a lot of your pictures and now it makes it so that I see your pictures, which is, you could say, oh, it's a good thing. I like Olivia's work, so I get to see Olivia's work. But then it also means I don't no longer see this other person's work. Mm-hmm. Because like, I, I literally look at my feed the other day, and I from, from the streets, and I follow maybe about, I don't know, 300, 400 accounts. And I literally seeing the same pictures for like, from like 10 accounts. Like I wow. was scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. It was just like the same 10 accounts. <laughs> And I was wow. like, what, what about all of the other people I'm following? It's not that they're not posting pictures, but it's just that the algorithm has decided that, no, you've liked these people during the past based on your patterns. This is what we're showing you. Um, and the issue right now is that I don't really know what's an alternative in terms like for photography specifically. Um, I actually, even the other day, I've been trying to 
checking Flickr again, seeing how, how it is, because I mean, in my head, Flickr was kind of dead. Um, but I went back to it and I see would that. Would you believe it that it's still there? Who would believe that Flickr would still be around? It seems to be pretty active still. Um, 500px like is interesting, but it has its limitations because there's a limited amount of pictures you can upload. Um, so I don't know. I don't. Uh, do you know any of like new interesting platforms that <sighs> I've stayed, are photocentric? I've stayed. You know, I'm. I don't know because I'm so old school. Because you know, I still believe in Flickr. I haven't posted on Flickr in ages, but um, no, I haven't kept my ear, you know, to the ground long enough to actually, you know, identify a community that would be, you know, either it's you know different forums or. Um, different again. A lot of people want to do the Facebook groups, but in terms of an actual photography-centric website or platform, Flickr to my it still pops up in my head for yeah. whatever reason. But I have to say, in all honesty, I haven't really kept my ear to the streets long enough to actually identify a product. But I'll definitely try to keep my eyes open, just trying to get get back into the grind, just to see like, okay, where are photographers gravitating to? Google Plus um, also used to be you know, a really good aggregation of, you know, and the thing I enjoyed about Google Plus in its height, Mm -hmm. um, because uh, it's the specificity of photography communities. You can actually have black and white wedding photography photographers from the West Island. You know, it's just like, you know, just very specific topic or like photographers who only shoot cactus (laughs) in the morning you know, groups. It was just like so specific. And there was a very, very hyperactive, you know, um, photography community. And I really enjoy Google Plus in terms of how they treat the images because the images, whether it's on mobile or on the desktop or on, or on any other platform, the, the, the photos were rendered beautifully. It was a really great UI. It was, again... And That's it, not anything with Instagram too. I mean, the pictures are like minuscule, right? Well, the phones are getting a little bit bigger now, but like mm-hmm. even if you get like a, an iPhone Plus size phone, you're still looking... And I think... To be, if I'm going to be honest with it, I think it has it has kind of like lowered my standards sometimes. Like I know I'm shooting for Instagram. So for example, when I'm editing a picture on Lightroom and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, this is too blurry or the technique doesn't sound for, I would not post this on Facebook on mm-hmm. like 2048, for example. Mm-hmm. But if I put it on the gram when it's like a small thumbnail, five by five. the reflections will not show. It's not going to show. So, 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 so I'm going to put, and then, but that then affects my like kind of shot discipline because... When I'm taking a shot, I'm like, there well, this go. is going to be my Instagram, so I'm not going to take my time go. as much. If, you're, if you know, if you know, and again, see, then this is a very important part as well. You know, um, I had a contract that I was commissioned for over the holidays, and I got really concerned about some images, right? And I'm like, um, I can't possibly, no, I can't submit this photo. I can't submit this photo. I can't submit this photo. And then I, it was in the back of my head. I'm like, you know what? I'm probably overthinking this because the clientele that's going to get these photos was basically a, a small office party. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, these people are only concerned about either posting them on Instagram or Facebook. None of these are going for print. None yeah. of these are going for magazines. None of these are going on billboards. None. These are all going to be at very, at the very best going to be on Facebook or on Instagram. That's all it's going to be. So some imperfections that I'm seeing as a photographer, some some for images I would never print or publish. I'm like, you know what? Office party. Nobody's gonna care. Nobody's. I gonna feel care. like and and something else that kind of kind 
kind of touches on the same topic, but now become the and I, I think we touched a little bit on, on this like in the, in the previous podcast. But it's like right now, I feel like the clients' expectations are more about time than they are about quality. Not all the clients, obviously, mm -hmm. but more and more. I was telling uh, Vivardi this the other day. I was shooting at a at a, an event, like a corporate event, mm -hmm. and then I took some pictures of some uh, some some important people, and then they were like, "Oh, can you send me the pictures?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Um, so it was like on a Friday and so I told them well and I, and I thought about this I, mean, I was like well they're probably not working over the weekend so I told them hey I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you the pictures by Sunday so by Sunday night like I went home like edited the pictures and sent it to them and then I got an answer oh thanks a lot but um, yeah we already posted like pictures in, in our social me media feed so wow. and then when I went to check I went on Twitter to check what they had posted and it was like like a snapshot from a phone clearly like so they, they would rather not wait two days to get like professional quality pictures they would prefer posting a snapshot from a phone, Off their phone. and it was Just not them. and I can understand in some context like if it's news if it's like something that you need to get out there immediately I get that but it was not it was not anything time sensitive like it definitely could have waited it had <laughs> to be in this but precise moment because nobody has the patience to like, do that anymore now I've seen that I've seen it a little bit that they're like well you know if all of the guests already have posted pictures of the wedding on Instagram and, and what Whatnot, Why do we need the photographer? And then you, you tell them you're going to send your pictures in three months. Like at, at that point, everybody will have moved on from my wedding. They, they will have seen the pictures already. Everybody <laughs> has their own pictures. Around. Everybody put out their own phone. Everybody put out their own iPads. They've already reshared and reshared and reshared or sent you snapshots of their vantage point from the wedding. So why? Why are yeah, you paying so a couple hundred dollars anymore? It's like kind of like unrealistic expectations like because... They still want nice pictures, but they want you to be able to deliver the pictures tomorrow. They don't understand that you're shooting raw and then you're going to go and you're going to edit carefully. No, the they don't care. They don't. It doesn't matter to them <laughs> because to that, the clientele, that particular client, this context is totally irrelevant. But this is what Ming, I refuse to say his last name because I refuse to butcher it. This is what Ming also touched on in his article about the decline, because there's also the flip side of it, right? Because there's so much the tools have made it so easy and so practical and so accessible for us to create some of the best images ever, especially via the mobile platform. Yep. But what's also happening is that photographers, professional photographers, seasoned photographers, people who go out there and create the most beautiful images ever have yet again to you know develop more efforts and more time and more consistency to create even better images to distinguish themselves from the fray. Yep. You know, this is what this is what the consequence, in my opinion, is going to be the people set aside themselves and then what happens is that they can justify higher rates you know because when you hire somebody like cliff mountainer you know just taking that as an example or if you're hiring somebody like i don't know take your pick these are people who continue to develop, you know, and grow their work into work of exquisite quality. And that way, when you hire them, you commission their work and you're paying the high price, you know what you're getting, you know? So they, yeah, and, it and it's becoming kind effort. of a more niche thing. Like, and I think that's why a little bit big touches in this article about how photography has become so mainstream. Like there's never been uh this amount of picture taken because everybody now with a phone has a camera and I mean these these, these cameras are getting more and more much like they're getting better by the by the second almost mm -hmm. like 
when you look like literally i've done this like i i've, I've looked i've compared pictures from um so my my phone is the equivalent of an iphone 6s it's a se mm-hmm. so it's it's like two generations behind now so i'm not even talking iphone in 10 or 8 um and i've compared pictures from that phone to like my first nikon which was a s90 if i believe like a cool mm-hmm. fix and literally the pictures are better from the iphone like from the iphone it, and, and I'm not talking like 40 years ago. I'm talking a little bit more than 10 years ago. Just so, a couple of years. And, and, and 10 years ago, the people like me who had a cool pics were still somewhat niche compared to like people that, that just didn't take pictures at all. So there's definitely kind of like a democratization, if you will, of, of, of photography. But yeah, it has created a completely different set of expectations, and and yeah, like you said, we have we have to raise the bar definitely. I think as 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 uh, as hobbyists or professionals, but but it, it's becoming harder. I mean, right now, if you look at even in the in the photo industry right now, like a lot of camera companies are launching medium format cameras. Like Fuji has a medium format now. Uh, Hasselblad always had medium formats, but they have a mirrorless medium mm-hmm. format that's somewhat like affordable if you consider five grand affordable. Um, so I think it's it's almost as if like okay, everybody's taking like everybody's there right now. So in order to make money in this game, we have to go all the way up there. All the way up. Either you make yourself extremely expensive, or you just drop everything and fire a hell of a lot of people because. In like terms all of the news, you know, the mar- uh, channels are doing like all right now, like very news channels don't have staff photographers. You don't have staff photographers. The staff photographers are like, go for it. Either either you're freelance, and in that sense, good luck to you, or you're basically not doing anything because most of the people are just are just relying on citizen journalism because you know just have one email, one phone line, send your pictures here, and we'll commission yeah. you for whatever. Because it's a hell of a lot easier. You're going to get a hell of a lot of pictures. And a bunch of people on the flip side know, hey, why not get you know a couple of bucks and 15 minutes of fame? It's like, who cares? CNN does that all the time. ICNN is very is very successful. It's very successful. Yeah, there's but, a yeah. There's a there's a few examples. Actually, the way I got my first uh, newspaper publication was exactly like that. Metro uh, had a thing where it was uh, send us uh, a picture, and so those <laughs> two strikes, I was like, "Yeah, why not?" <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, that's that's the thing about photography. Anybody can do it, and there's nothing wrong. And we're not bashing. We're just highlighting, you know, some of the social dynamics that we're seeing, you know, unfolding before our eyes. Because as much as we want photography to be so accessible, but at the same time, we're seeing the social ramifications of that. We're just talking about disconnecting or just, you know, because it's it it's it's nice to notice just on a sociological standpoint to see how right now we've come to a point where it's uncomfortable for people to not record everything for posterity. Some people do it to an, to an obsessive degree, but we still have that feeling that, you know what, I need to record this. I need to preserve this. I need to have a memory of this. I think, you know, even Dave Chappelle touched on this in one of his stand-ups where he said, like, you know, this is why I lock people's phones at the at the door. I want mm-hmm. you to have the confidence that it is okay for you to experience this without any form of technology. You're here to laugh, to enjoy yourself. You, me, we're here. You no, know, of course he made the joke, like, you know, you're I take your money and you laugh and you're <laughs> <laughs> but still, you don't need to pick up your phone to enjoy the moment because how did you do it? Like a cup, it wasn't even that far along. I know I sound very grandfather ish, but it wasn't even that far ago. It was yeah, totally, no. 
it, it wasn't that far. It's happening all, really fast. All of this is happening really, all really fast. All this is happening really fast, and it's it's crazy. But talking about old habits, this is a total segue. I was like, I don't want to get this in because I want to talk this to all of you. But again, it's just you and me. So a weird experiment. I had noticed that around the house, since you know we have ten thousand photos on our phones, right? Thank you, Google Drive. We don't have that many prints. You know, my kids are growing up. And I was growing up, I remember like, you know, having, I still do, I still have like, you know, baby pictures and, you know, on kids albums, like, you know, that my parents gathered through the years or seeing my, my dad with his like his seventies Afro and stuff. But I'm like, where are our prints? Where are our family photos? So I go on my phone, I go on my drive and I start, you know, selecting a bunch of photos, you know, like ever since my daughter was born, since we moved into this house up to like, you know, two years later. So I'm doing like, you know, every two years. And I came up with about like 300 pics. And I sent that to my local Costco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, click, print. And like, okay, uh, please stop by your local Costco. Like, you know, we'll email you when your order's ready. Two days later, like, okay. Like, you know, your order's ready, sir. So I show up at Costco. And this is the experiment. First of all, I didn't have to show up with a roll of film <laughs> at a lab and hope that the images were okay. I did all that processing online. The cropping, yeah. the color, the rotation, you know, select, 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 upload, send. Do you want to make an album out of this? Do you want to make a coffee mug out of this? Do you want to make a, a mouse pad out of this? No, I just want the prints. Do you want matte or glossy? All this is happening, Zims, online. The beauty. You know, I know I'm talking of this like out of my hat. I was like, yeah, sure, it's obvious. But let's just think about the logistics behind this right now. Okay. Now, two days later, I show up at Costco and on the on the floor where there used to be, you know, kiosk, right? Where you just show up with your USB key, you plug it in and then your order comes up. No, no, no. There's not even that anymore. You just show up to pick up your order. Now, physically, physically, I've got 300 prints in my hand, 304 by six. And my wife and I bought like, you know, two, um, two blank albums. And like, you know, we started like, you know, sorting photos. And it was a lot of fun to revisit memories in a physical format. And I know I sound very woo, but guys, printing is worth it. This is just my opinion, but I think that you should print. You know, there's, it's another connection that you would have with your creation. I just think. I think I, uh, I agree with you 100%. And, um, and it, it kind of reminds me of a conversation I had uh, with Viverdi at some point about kind of like, we talked about this, about like uh, people right now, for example, that records are po- super popular. Again, um, mechanical watches is something that I've been kind of nerding out on a lot recently. Um, I think people are starting to kind of miss these tangible experiences. So I, I think it's definitely not the same thing looking at a picture. Even on your computer, if you have a nice 24-inch uh, uh, retina screen. But I think there's definitely something else with like holding a really nice print. Um whether it's for some, even if it's just four by six. Um, and it's been one of, and that's the thing though. So it's been one of my resolutions maybe for the last two, three years, every mm-hmm. year I start doing and I'm like, okay, this year I will print more. And I, and I, I do print. Um, I have like, I have my own prints like hung up on my walls. Kind of remind me that I'm a photographer sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but every year I'm like, yeah, this time I'm going to print more. I even had this, uh, this year I was, I said that I was going to do, so in the last few years, I've, I've been lucky enough to travel quite a bit because mostly because of work and, and, and that. 
but um and i was like yeah i'm gonna do like you know little books um i found the website and everything and i just never got to it because that's what happens with it's so much easier to take a picture put it on vseo add a filter bump to instagram done you move on to the next moving on where now i have to sit down and like kind of do the layout of my little travel book and then send it like sure it's become way more streamlined and easier you don't have mm -hmm. to like like you said you, you go on the website you it, it's it's super simple <laughs> but it's still more steps but you still have to do it you, you still yeah. have to do it you still have to sit down and do it so i'm i'm definitely guilty but of definitely, that and, it's, been, it's been like one of my resolutions for the last few years. i will admit because you're totally right you're totally right because the entire process because like i said it's like two years of pictures or just on my phone not just all the cameras and memory cards i've got around around I'm like, you know what i'm just gonna stick to the pictures on my google photos you know platform i'm just gonna stick to those and whatever photos i have i'm just gonna gather them from the family but still like you know going from 2012 up to 2014 we're just gonna gathering pictures of the kids pictures of my wife oh look at this trip look at this trip look at this trip first of all you have no idea how many how many experiences so that that was beautiful just revisiting my entire gallery we're just yeah. like whoa that was cool but again it was a painstaking process because you have to click 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 and then you have to go on the platform upload crop rearrange rotate okay fix here fix here it was long but if you stay focused on the goal this is this i think that's also part of the reward once you get to that print because you're yeah. like okay you have the memory you have you know just the excitement of getting to the prize you have just you know waiting to get you know your little prize which you paid you know for but still and again it wasn't even that expensive because prints have become exceedingly cheap depending yeah. on the volume yeah absolutely. prints are exceedingly cheap and the quality was actually very good and again I put myself in the state of, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Joe Schmo, right? I'm not, I didn't go like bonkers. I went like, a, I'm going to fix this color. Oh no, this is good. This is too soft. No, I don't care. I didn't, re I didn't really care. I'm just like doing the entire like, okay, family photo thing. And I'm very happy with it. I really am. So I'm going to go, I'm right now. I'm going where your kids were, were like, what, what is this? It's not on the screen. Did they try to swipe the, the, the picture? My daughter was just like, you, you know, was, was it like, with no, it was like, seriously, she was flipping through it. It's like, oh, first of all, oh, but her reaction was priceless. I'm like, because she saw in the, the book, because I put a, a big frame of her when she was a baby, like in, in the front of it. So she's like, oh, this is my book. It's like, okay, well, this is for me. And she was so heavy. It's like, what are all these? And then she started revisiting like, Mommy, where was this? Mommy, where was this? I've never been there. It's like, what is this? I don't own this shirt. Where is this shirt? Like, wh like we, when we had our first Hyundai, like, you know, the first car is like, what's this car? Did you buy another car? It's like, it's crazy. And she was all over the place. And these are little events. You know, this is a connection to this past, to this memory. These are circumstances and stuff we can talk about. This is what we talk about, connection, the physical connection to these memories, not just digital ones. And again, it sounds very grandfather-ish, but there is a value. There is an inherent um, importance to always remind yourself that, you know, you don't just take the pictures, but share them. And I'm not just talking about Facebook because Facebook can just scroll and it's done. But when it's physical, it's there, it is present. You can actually have this connection. And, you know, we're not just talking about swiping, physically holding it. You talked about printing your images, uh, you know, over, the, over time. I have a bunch of photos because we were we were cleaning 
a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, when back in we were living in Montreal, of course, I, I was printing a lot more back then before kids. <laughs> and I, I pulled out a whole bunch of other prints, like big ass prints. I'm like, wow, I actually used to shoot <laughs> pretty well, pretty well. But it's 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 stuff that you have to remind yourself, you know, because just like you, I wanted to print a photo book. I've been wanting to do a pro photo book since last year. But this year. So you had a resolution. I had a resolution. My resolution, because I just uh, renewed my uh, subscription to um, my my, uh, my actual website, the people that provide the platform for my website. And uh, I told myself, I want to renew the website with entirely new work. <laughs> But just sitting down and curating and adding new stuff is 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 long. It's, it's just long. It's just long. So, Especially if you go, I think, The, the the easier way or uh, for me anyway is is that you have to be, kind of do it constantly mm -hmm. um, because the the more time goes by and that you don't do it then your library is getting bigger and bigger mm -hmm. sometimes you don't even remember like so basically what I've been trying to do I don't have kind of like one centralized like portfolio uh, I have like separate for different types of clients so for example like if somebody approaches me about a wedding i have a wedding portfolio and i use a pixie set for that mm -hmm. so you can get galleries and stuff mm -hmm. um, free advertising pixie set <laughs> um so so i have like i also have one for concerts i have one for corporate events and whatnot uh, but but sometimes like it's if you're not constantly updating it I don't know, like weddings, maybe not. I haven't done enough weddings so that would happen, but like events, yeah, I've done quite a bit. So sometimes people ask me, yeah, can you send me like, uh, I'm like, I go back to my library and I'm like, oh yeah, in 2012, I shot like at this conference in 2014, where are the pictures? And then I, I go to my library and there's 40,000 pictures in there and they're not wow. sorted. So. <laughs> So how do you even find it? And you try to remember exactly when it was. So yeah, it's a whole mess. Like I feel like you, it's something that you have to constantly be doing. That's another thing that's been in my resolution uh, list for years to actually clean up my Lightroom library. Like <laughs> the freaking rejects that I'm never going to use. And, and, and like I have so many pictures. It's, it's, but it, 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 I would need a vacation. So just to sit down and curate that work. Uh, and usually when, I, when I'm on vacation, that's not the first thing that comes to my head. And I think, and that's, that's, that's the other thing that the, the advantage that physical things bring you is that it kind of forces you to curate. And they were starting to collect dust in my apartment. Then I might have gotten rid of them, you know? But when it's digital, it doesn't actually take up any space. Or you're not, you're not well, Space on your hard drive, but you're not seeing it. It's not clutter that bothers you, right? So it's much easier to forget about it and let it kind of like take over. Because we're so focused on the instant gratification that we forget that anything worth having has to, you know, request a certain amount of effort. And with this process of streamline and instant gratification that Facebook or just instant sharing allows you. What's going to happen is that, you know, you you forget why you used to enjoy this process in a long time. It's just the same process of people valuing a warm, 
a warm meal as a family that has, you know, you took the time to prepare, cut the cut the meat, you know, cut the vegetables, cook it, take the time to set the table and sit down, which is totally enjoyable as opposed to, you know, just going to a Burger King drive through. It's yep. still food, but the experience is totally different. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's it's a, it was a fun experience. It was very revealing for me because it showed me a lot, first of all, about how we've become as consumers and what the what commerce has basically identified as our priorities. Because if Costco can take out their instant print, you know, their surf serving kiosks on their floors, they realize that, you know, people aren't coming in to print anymore. Yeah. We can just send all the photos to our hub, have them printed and shipped out to the warehouse rather than have, you know, the kiosk there. And second, it shows that us as consumers don't really request, you know, that service. Because even as I was waiting at the counter for my order, I just took a quick look over the girl's shoulder just to see how many prints there were. There weren't that many. You know, my box was basically the biggest one. You know, it's like, you know, 300 prints, obviously. But still, you know, somebody sending something is probably like, you know, just one or two prints or like one large print or like a photo album or something or a wedding album. But yeah, this this is why I'm still asking myself, like, you know, how do print services still stay in business? Like, you know, like a place like if I'm thinking about my old photo lab when I used to live in Montreal, Provisia. How do they stay in business, man? It's like, I remember if you earlier, like these, everything's becoming like photography has kind of like almost two distinct trends. One is what is like mainstream, everything mainstream. Everybody's taking pictures, everybody's like sharing pictures, and then there's another trend of kind of like having things that are extremely niche. So I think printing, for example, is one of them. Uh, I'm sure if you ask the guys at Lozo who. who And, and you ask them, okay, who's printing? They'll tell you, yeah, the couple of guys who are doing art shows that are printing 40 by 60s. And, and yeah, it's become very specific. It, it's right? become it's very specific. More more specific. Um, no, it's like industrial welding. You know, it's like nobody walks in there and so like, yeah, I want a welder. It's like, okay, what, what exactly are you in for? It's like, it's so specific. You realize that. And it's both a good and a bad thing because, you know, it's come back to, you know, the concept of photography as an art, as a trade, as a passion, as something that is very specific and catered to a specific type of audience, not just a hobby. So you're, you're learning, you're seeing this very physical divide between amateurs and seasoned professionals. And that's not that's not a bad thing. I think it's just putting things in their place because the technology, the technology is there to help and to assist, but the tool will always be about what you do with it. It's definitely something I encourage people to do if you're print, if you're saving a lot of pictures. Because again, I know some people, even a friend of mine who told me that she has an app on her phone, depending on the, the amount of pictures that the app is set for, after a certain amount of, of images, it automatically places an order for like a mini album, like a flip book. So that's a, that's a cool little app. You know, there's an app for everything. There's an app for everything. It's amazing. There's an app, <laughs> there's an app for everything. But you just said something that's interesting. So it, I think it is true that like, it's, there is more and more sort of like a clear separation between what is kind of like mainstream photography and then you have like, I don't know, the pros, the seasoned pros. Um, but where it could be, I guess, maybe discouraging is for the, the beginner, the enthusiast, because... I think it would have been frustrating when you're just learning and you just spent your money and you bought your first DSLR or whatever. And then the people don't see the difference between what you're doing and then the usual ca casual snap shooting, right? I think that could have been 
at this stage kind of discouraging so i don't know I, it would be interesting to have somebody on the podcast who's just starting photography right now sure for sure it's serious about it and it's kind of like in that prosumer i guess range but yeah, yeah i don't know i was thinking about it and i was like man if i was starting right now and i had like i don't know my first assignment and then the customer would be like that example that i gave you that the customer mm -hmm. didn't even wait two days that mm -hmm. they already posted a picture from their phone and said I would have taken these things kind of way more personally than I did. Yeah, you, you don't get you don't ha get hung up. So that and you're so right because there used to be a time where we'd we'd obsessed about every single little pixel. Like, no, this this is unacceptable. This picture is unacceptable. This picture is unacceptable. And now you're in a point of acceptance where you're like, you know what? Why am I wasting my time? They don't care. They they just want their pictures because they need. And this is why you know because I know this so well. When you when I give out packages, I do separate the files by resolution sometimes, and I just name them because the the client doesn't even understand the concept. Oh, yeah, I do of resolution. that. Too. I do uh, the first social media, and I, I put like seventy two DPI. That's uh, it. I just strict it out to seventy two DPI, and you're done. It's like, and I just put another folder for print. If you're gonna, yeah, I did print, that for weddings. Now I do uh, four prints. These are. It's like, it's, and obviously the the four print one never gets used. But no, <laughs> I I seriously doubt it. I seriously doubt you it. You know, I've been I've started to ask guys mm. now. I I've started asking them because at before when I when I just started with uh, so using Pixie Set for example, mm -hmm. I would always upload at maximum resolution because I was okay. like, well, you know, I, that just felt like good professional practice. But then I realized, I mean, most of these people they're not gonna ever print these pictures they're gonna use them only for web so there is literally no point me using my bandwidth and waiting like an hour <laughs> to get super heavy 24 megapixel files uploaded when people don't to, care and then they're gonna share it at a thousand px so i'm like no i asked them right? i'm like what are you gonna do with the pictures are you ever gonna print them and often the answer is no and i'll be okay i'll just send you like in web no, format. I'm not, I'm not gonna do much with it. It's okay. It's totally fine. So, like, oh, okay. Like, why am I wasting my time? Why am I wasting my time? It's like, seriously, you need to know how your time is. And again, these are things that it's okay to ask your clients. Like, okay, what is the main purpose? What is the main platform this image is going to be shared on? Do you care about an album? Do you care about the fact that you know you can't print this you understand that this this is not for printing if you want to share this on facebook it's totally fine it's totally fine so yeah, yeah yeah i totally get it it's okay it's just like you know just i need them now i have to say i've become a way more um consumer centric in, in my approach in, mm -hmm. in recent years than i used to be before before i was like i'm an artist <laughs> i'm doing my thing and if you're the client you don't understand <laughs> it that's your problem and at one point, like if I get commissioned to do something, and then the the client tells me I give you complete creative freedom, you do whatever you want. Okay. Then then it's a different approach. But I think when you're shooting like somebody's event, like a wedding or a baby shower or whatever, try to see what they're. Sometimes the answer can you have to uh, you have to admit that sometimes you're not the guy for the for the client. Like you have sometimes it's 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 hard. But like I was saying, like maybe. If you hate flash photography, you're like a natural light person. You're like, yeah, I only shoot natural light. Mm -hmm. And the client sends you a bunch of, it's like, okay, so what kind of pictures do you like? And they send you a bunch of like direct flash pictures. Then you, if you can't do it, then you just say, well, okay, that's not my style of photography. That's not what I do. I'll refer you to this other guy that I know that really likes flash. 
Um, but yeah, so I think recently I've been more, I've been less kind of like uh, hung up on the whole, um, oh, I have my own style and my identity. There's things I won't compromise on, obviously. There, there are things that I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do anything that I don't think. I'm not going to do something if I think it's bad photography or obviously. But at the end of the day, when, when you're working, when it's, when, when you're doing it for a business, like at, at the end of the day, the customer does have kind of like final say. they're paying you for something. So. They're paying you. So it's normal that you kind of fit their expectations, but you have to, ma- but you have to manage it. You have to, you have, sometimes it's, it's about educating the client and telling them, okay, yeah, there's a reason why I cannot give you your wedding pictures after a week because first I'm going to take about 2000 of them. I, I do. And, and, and then they'll say, Oh, just send me all of them. And you're like, like no, <laughs> I, I can't really do that. <laughs> Like, you don't. You don't That's understand how this works, do you? You're hiring me. It's not just because you think I, I can press the button, but it's also because you think that I'm able to select and curate and and deliver a final package that meets your expectation, but also my standards. So, yeah, no, seriously, it, the way of the future. <laughs> because right now, as far as I'm thinking, you know. As an artist, it's okay to be authentic with without necessarily having to be cocky. Yeah. Because there's a playing field for everyone and you have to know which line you stand on. You know what? Um, it used to be where, you know, I used to be sheepish in terms of how I approached the clients. I was like, oh, really? You need this? I can't do it, but okay, I'm going to do it anyway. No, but right now, it's not even about being arrogant. It's about being truthful to yourself and respectful to your, your client, whether the service that you're about to offer. This is what you expect from me because you saw this in this magazine. Oh, you saw Dimitri Rousseau's work. I am not Dimitri Rousseau. This is what I have to offer. This is the work that I produce. Here's my website. Here's an example on this iPad here. I'll more than likely send you some samples of my photos. If this is the kind of work that you want, we can definitely talk. If not, I am more than happy to try and connect you with Dimitri Russo. Um, but he's part of my network. He's definitely somebody I would trust with this work and everything. But you know what? It's important to remain authentic. Don't take on work that you don't care about. Don't take on work that is not worth your time. And don't take on clients which you don't want to work with also. Oh, yeah, you know? that's that's no. a big thing also like sometimes it's just the vibe like sometimes like sometimes you know within the first 30 seconds of an interaction that you're like not okay, gonna it's work not gonna work it's not gonna work it's not gonna work <laughs> if it's not like, working yeah, it would well and then you're like ah but mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. Usually within the first kind of questions that they ask you, you're already like, okay, no, it's not. In my experience, it's, tef- it's definitely very important to set your standards really early. And uh, I believe it was, I read this in a book, I forgot where, but definitely name your price. Name your price, and we're not just talking about dollars, as in more translated into know what you're willing to put up with and know where, where your line is drawn in terms of what you're willing to not put up with, you know? What is your deal breaker? Name your price very early and stick by that. Because the second you shift your line or you shift your limits for someone, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And that's very important in business and in life and relationships. That's very important. It is totally okay to walk away from a client. The price tag is not what they're willing to commission you for. The price tag is the effort and energy you're going to put into this commission. It's not 
sometimes you know it's worth a lot more than just the end paycheck it's definitely a very important to take into into, into consideration but how do you feel because i want to touch those on this as well i know it's a really like you know rapid segue but we've got so much to talk about but I'm, are you still good are you still good yeah. we're still going on we're still, we're still going strong. <laughs> how do you feel about you know commissioning uh friends or close relations for uh, for projects and stuff you know because i recently got hired by a close friend of ours and uh who needed like you know a um a contract you know to to be to be dealt with and basically she called me up and she's like you know would you be willing to do it I'm like oh sure it's like you know why not like first of all there's the relation there's the trust there the consideration of just calling me up but also the very important fact that you know what i'm not treating you as a friend but you know i'm giving you the consideration and importance so that i would give any client but because you're a friend of somebody who i trust you know there's that added value of you know what I'm I'm thankful and you know considerate of the fact that you called on me for this, but also I'm going to treat you just as what I would any client, but also with an added bonus of the fact that you know what there's there's this is somebody I know this is this is my people you know so a lot of people there are two sides of the story they're like people who you know what I don't want to you know um, stain our our relationship yeah. by yeah. a business relationship. Or there are others like you know what I'd much rather deal with somebody I know. How how do you do how how do you go about it? I'm I don't I don't know if I have a definitive answer to that. I think it's I think it's I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, it, I think it depends on the context and uh, what the person is doing, etc. Um, I do find it like if I'm if one of my best friends is getting married and it's like, hey, Dimitri, I want you to be my photographer. I'm always I'm not gonna say no, um, but I, I think I'll be more stressed than <laughs> somebody than somebody that I didn't know. And the reason being, and it's, it's kind of weird because I think the person would understand, for example, if my camera fails uh, during the, during the day of the wedding, my friend would probably understand more than a, than a random customer. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel that it would be more stressful because I'm like, Hey, this is one of my best friends getting married. Like, I really don't want to screw up here. <laughs> like, I, I never want to screw up on assignments, but, like, this is, like, this is an added thing because you're like, man, like, if if I screw up here... Yeah, and this messes like, up right now, this is not going to be my best interest. My wedding, and he's going to tell that story to his kids. Yeah, you know, Dimitri, we used to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I messed up my wedding. Yeah, was... wedding. That was the end of it. <laughs> that was the end of it. So it's, I, I mean, I, 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 I really like working for friends. Um, I, I always find it like humbling when, whenever a friend calls me and says, hey, um, there's that picture that you have of me and can, can I use it for something? And I, 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 I love it. I think it's part of what, what I like about photography. I think it's, it, it's, it's, it's these connections that it kind of creates. Like, but at the same time, I do feel that sometimes yeah it could put it, there's potentially like a risk toward like staining your relationship um i think whenever money and business is involved um because there's also that i mean there's i'm gonna take pictures for you for free but it, when it when, but when it's a business relationship then there's like what happens is your friend doesn't pay you on time for example you know yeah <laughs> and it becomes awkward <laughs> uh or um or does it pay you at all? Like they're like, hey, well, we don't have, I don't have the money anymore, so I'm not, I can't pay. Because that's uh, the thing, right? That's the thing. Because it's a friend relationship, so 
suppose you know okay you can either do the the, the free route or if you do the paid route you know because you know how rigorous you are with you know other clients but again suppose like a week passes another week passes another week passes and you're like okay do you become like you know really shark and go like yo um you know <laughs> where my money at like you know make it happen or even on the other side like too i can imagine like so let's say if if i hire my friend to take pictures and then i get the pictures and i'm not satisfied what happens i'm like what happens you're like hey um i don't think you delivered on uh, and what <laughs> so i'm not going to pay you <laughs> i'm not going to pay you so what's like what well, how does that work you know it's a it's a very dare i say icky situation yeah but it all depends like you said it all depends on the relationship you have with the person um for me it went rather well Uh, I say rather because, again, this is somebody who's as creatively inclined, if not even more than I am. So someone I really respect. Um, so when you put when you send the photos in, you're like, I hope I hope they're happy with it. I, I really <laughs> like I, I, I really hope I, I really do. I really do. I really do. So it went well. It went well. Again, with the work, it was like it was good. It was good. Again, I hadn't shot, you know, a corporate event and really because it was a corporate event. I wouldn't I hadn't shot a corporate event in a really long time. So I was just like, you know, getting back on a saddle like slowly. Um, yeah. but I was really happy, first of all, like, you know, to get back in the game and because I really enjoyed myself in terms of like the entire creative aspect, connecting with the clients, connecting, like, you know, uh handing out cars and everything. Well, because you know, you gotta market yourself, right? But at the same time, it was a lot yeah. of fun, which it was and you know, it's like it's it was a lot of fun. But at the same time, it was a really, it was a really different experience, you know, dealing with my friend as a client. You know, I was like, okay, it's like, okay, so I'm gonna definitely gonna be here at seven, and you know, just I just need to know who's my point of contact, uh, where can I park, what are the logistics, what type of room is it gonna be, and then like, okay, but after the rest, like, listen, I don't know you, you're my friend. It's like, go enjoy your crew, go to your party, and if I, I'll call you if I need you, not a problem. Then it Cause, went because there's also your friend's reputation as well. Because, because, like, probably, oh, yeah, I can imagine the scenario where it's like, I don't know, it's there, there's a board meeting or something, and they're like, Oh, we need a photographer for an event. And then your friend is like, Oh, yeah, I know this guy, he's great, he's like, He's fantastic, it's great. And you don't deliver, <laughs> I don't deliver. So not only you're looking bad, you make your friend look bad in front of their co workers. So, it's 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 definitely not easy, it's, it's not easy, it's not easy, but it's definitely something that, um, in terms of uh especially in the field of creatives i myself i have to say i'm a very i'm a very confident person the people i not only refer but choose to work with you know um you know just you know i've done a bunch of projects with whether you or eric or vivazi or Corali. it's not just because we're friends it's also because like you know i trust and value the work and if you trust your friends and i believe it's important to say this if you if you believe in your friends and you support your friends and you support your network you should definitely show it you know not just for a favor but also like you know as a paying working client you can actually be an added um a valid referral, you know, whether it's a Google review or a LinkedIn review or whatever, saying like, you know, yes, I have dealt with this provider, this this service. I've I've dealt with Mr. Wussel in various projects and I can definitely attest to his professionalism and the quality of his work. And it's important to know that it's not just up in the air because it's a friend, because you know that you value their work, you know. The same way, you know, it's 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 important because you it's important to surround yourself with the people that you care about. For me, it's important to, you know, touch on the fact that I know who you are, I've dealt with you, and we have this friend relationship, but also on a professional standpoint, I've 
because we're friends, I know what type of work you produce and I am perfectly okay with, you know, relying on you to provide the service. And it's totally fine. And, you know, I'm more than happy to com to commit to that, you know, and it's important to put your money where your mouth is. It's important. You know, you have to be able to speak that language and, you know, just despite the awkwardness of a business relationship, as opposed to a personal one, it's important to get yourself out there and, you know, have that talk, you know, it's important. So, yeah, so yeah for sure. And I think probably some of my best work have been work that 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 that, that has that they were either referred by friends or hired by friends for sure. Because like I said, that kind of like extra pressure of like not disappointing your friend kind of like pushes you a little bit further, I think, than a regular. Not not that you don't give your best for, you know. All of your, I do I do my best on all of my clients, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think there's definitely that extra push. You're like, okay, now I, I really don't want to disappoint my friends, so I'm gonna <laughs> try extra hard. But I need you, but just still on the last point because I I wanted your help though, because um, I need you to school take me to school for a second because as always I enjoy your work. You guys' work is always is always phenomenal. And I need your help with helping me, you know, ground myself in the realm of consistency, all right? Because, you know, I'm really trying to get, you know, put myself back into uh, efficient and, you know, rigorous creative space. And I need you to give me back some few, I know it's really stupid, but as always, I'm just putting myself on the spotlight as the guinea pig. You know, here I am sitting on the stool and asking you for help because like, you know, like I told you, I want to create new work. I want to get back into like, you know, the groove of like, you know, just shooting not just not for likes but really just get because you can know as creators we can only do by doing but i'm finding myself in like not just a state of resistance but just like okay camera's right there it's literally right there camera's right there i put it in my car i take it to work with me but i have not shot an image i haven't shot the car i haven't shot the parking lot because again that's how it used to be right i used to be on the metro Car cameras to come to me with work on work to, to work, and I'd be on the metro, I'd be in the escalator, I'd be waiting for the bus, I'd look at the lamppost or the fire hydrant, but that's not happening anymore. So I'm just asking, you know, just on a grand scale, just looking at the whiteboard, what can you suggest so I can get back into this creative mindset? Because I've got a bunch of ideas, and like, you know, because this thing, it's not just this podcast, but also the creative mindset of like, you know, creating a portfolio, printing a photo book, you know, creating a bunch of stuff, but I'm just stuck. How does that work, Zims? Give me help. Give me tips. Well, I don't know if I'm like, it's going to be interesting because we started talk about talking about Instagram and kind of bashing Instagram, but I think one positive thing that I think Instagram has done for me, um, when I started the street Zen, my goal that I set for myself was to, to, to share one picture a day. Okay. Um, I haven't quite done it. Like there are days that I maybe like, I think the last time I posted pictures were maybe three or four days ago. So right now I'm, I'm kind of feeling at my goal, but usually I do it. And so that kind of drove me to, um, Obviously, I do street photography, so it's it's very particular as well for mm -hmm. that. But basically, it became a thing that okay, I, I'm gonna I walk to the bus station and then I take a bus to work. So mm -hmm. there's also that that. But I'm I was like okay, every day I'm gonna try to find something interesting for that little 10, 15 minute that I walk to the bus stop and like take a picture and share it on the streets. And and that was kind of like almost. It became part of my routine, almost like taking my coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And then, yeah, sometimes I walk and I don't see anything interesting. But then I'm focused about it in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this afternoon I have to find something interesting to shoot. I think where I'm trying to go with this, I think giving yourself – because setting goals is one thing, but giving yourself kind of almost like a – like a, you have to do this. Like, and with Instagram, the way it, work, it helps too is that obviously there's that – validation thing so you post the picture and then you get likes so did you get that little hit of dopamine that you mentioned mm-hmm. so it kind of encourages you to the next day to like find something interesting again to shoot um now you can go completely crazy and start thinking about okay if i post the pictures at this hour i get more likes <laughs> <laughs> and, and try to do like social like use strategic hashtags and all that but but this is where it gets dangerous. <laughs> um, but I think this is where Instagram has really helped me. Um, the second thing that helped me was um, getting away from the DSLR mm-hmm. and getting to more. Uh, so you mentioned you had a camera next to you. So this is what I use on most kind of like for my most of my personal stuff. I, I still use a DSLR for um, for assignments, for professional work. And the reason is mostly I could probably use a mirrorless to do most of what I do. But the DSLR for me has two advantages. The battery life. My my Nikon, I can shoot about 1,200 shots. This mirrorless gives me 400. I could buy several batteries, but it's it's not as convenient. Uh, The other thing is like flash work is not as, like Nikon is the best for flash. I'm sorry, Canon. Um, (laughs) The best. And so, and, and for corporate events, like I use flash, so... For that reason, I still use the DSLR for most of my assignments, but I'll still bring the mirrorless along. So having a small camera, what it does um, is that you mentioned that you bring your DSLR with your car, but it still feels, I'm I'm sure, in my experience, it still feels like something kind of big and clumsy that you don't necessarily want to carry. Like this fits in my coat jacket, right? Okay. So it's just there. So if I see something interesting, it's just pulling it out, super simple. Uh, so I think that definitely contributed to it too, uh, to kind of like getting me to shoot more often. This this is always with me. I go to like a friend's party is there, and it sometimes I forget that it's in my pocket because it's so light and like small. It's just there. So, it's nimble. It's there, and you're done. Yeah, the DSLR really only gets out uh, for, uh, for 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 when it's a paid paid assignment. Um, so there's that, um, and then yeah, I don't know. I think. I think for me, it was really the thing where you're like, okay, I'm going to create this. I had, a, I had a personal Instagram before where I put like my food pictures and, <laughs> and my friends' pictures and, and, and snapshots. But I was like, yeah, I want something more engaging. I want something that's more photo-focused. Photo mm-hmm. um, and even like the people I follow on the street zone, on the street zone, I only follow photographers and mostly fo- uh, street photographers. Like I don't follow my friends. You don't branch the- out. You don't branch out. It is all photography. Well, now it's a bunch of ads too, like <laughs> annoyingly enough. But before it used to be all photography. Um, so I think having kind of that, res- oh, not a responsibility, but like almost kind of responsibility. That, okay, I have to find something to post on the streets and okay. um, every day. Yeah, it kind of just, it just be, at, at, well, after, I don't know if you read uh, Michael Gladwell's book, 10 to 10,000 hour mm-hmm. the title of this book. Yeah. Um, at one point 
things just become routine. At no point, you don't even think about it anymore. At one point, I, you don't, you're no longer about, oh, I have to take a picture tomorrow. It just becomes instinctive. Like I walk to work, I take pictures. It's, it's part of my jam. It, it's the same as taking my coffee and getting into the bus and starting my work. It's, it's part of the routine. It's just it's part, part of something of you do naturally. Yeah, for okay. sure. So yeah. And I think, I mean, different things for different people too, man. Like I think sometimes like when, sometimes another thing, another thing that also might be helpful, I don't know, is uh, mm -hmm. trying a different genre. Uh, so for example, uh, I, I'm, I'm, as you know, I shoot mostly street photography for my personal work. Mm -hmm. uh, but at one point, I got bored of street photography about a couple of years ago. And then I was like, okay, let me start shooting landscapes. Oh. And then you're like, okay, let's, let's try this. Them. And then you start like watching. Because obviously, when you're a street photographer, then you're, you know, there's Joel Merovitz and then Cartier Risson. And then you, you kind okay. of see everything they've done. So okay. at one point, it becomes, okay, I've, I've, I've gone around the block. But then if you, when you get into a new genre and then you're like, oh, Ansel Adams, okay. <laughs> and and then start reading again about it and start watching YouTube videos and then like, oh, maybe I need to buy a tripod and, and an ultra wide lens and it kind of creates a whole new interest. So I think- Right. So I, it's, I, I said two things that are maybe a bit contradictory. It's like first create a comfort zone where you're doing the things routinely. Mm -hmm. But then also sometimes what it needs is completely get out of your comfort zone. like. Maybe I'll start shooting uh, food, like as like, but seriously, shooting food, not like you know. As do something. <laughs> do something you haven't done. Do something you haven't done. That maybe that's what sparks that kind of getting back to that initial phase of when you just started photography and did not know anything about anything. Right. So I, think, I think I think for me, those are the kind of things that I've worked in the past. Um, so yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm definitely, because I'm willing to just throw myself out there because you can only do by doing. If you don't take two seconds to understand that it's important just not to take things for granted and just say that, you know what? Hey, maybe it's important to address certain things in a more practical way. And that, listen, hey, you're not probably applying your efforts in the best, most productive way. And that's definitely something to take into account. And I'm here to learn. I'm here to get better. And I'm never going to tell myself that I am the overlord of all knowledge and everything because I'm not. And it's important to always keep in mind that it's always a good opportunity to learn different things and to get better because it's not going to happen any other way. So thanks, man. I really, uh, really appreciate it. I really do, really do, because it's definitely something that I need to keep in mind because I'm never going to get better if I don't acknowledge everything that's necessary for me to just like put forward in terms of doing by doing. And again, using the tools I'm there. Instagram, I'm not bashing. It's just a little bit, become a little bit cumbersome. But hey, it's definitely worth um, keeping in mind that Instagram is there because it's become so popular because there's a reason. And you can't just bash on it just because it's fun. And at but the same time, like, it, like you can do that kind of, I think I took Instagram as an example, but I think the idea is, is, is kind of like giving yourself almost kind of a force goal. So, so it, instead of Instagram, it could also be, okay, you book a room in six months and you're, and you announce to everybody that you're going to do a show. <laughs> it's going to be about this subject. 
And now that you eat, now that you've, <laughs> and then, you know, you, you've created the event, but you don't have the content yet. So this, I guarantee you, <laughs> that, that will push you to go out there and try to produce. Yeah, for but, sure. For sure. For it's sure. Like your show, I, like I had the content. I ended up like doing the show on with pictures I already had, mm-hmm. but I did not know what the topic was going to be. Like okay. it was, we, we found an opportunity to get a room. Like it was my French idea. She was like, yeah, we, I, I can find a room. Do you want to do a show? And I was like, yeah, sure. But I didn't know what I was going to select, what I was going to put in that show. So <laughs> as soon as I said yes, then I got home and I was like, oh my God, what, if, what the hell, what have I done? <laughs> what, what have you done? What did so, I get into? Now I have to figure out what I'm going to be showing. <laughs> so sometimes it's that well, you, you just I'm a person that works better with deadlines or or like pressure. Like if I yeah. don't have like a if you're left to your own wits, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, so so basically like I was saying, Instagram is just a tool that could work, but you could also do it other ways. Um you can tell vision to get you to be accountable that every day you have to show her a new picture. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's one trick. That's one trick. And would you believe it? Just this morning, I saw this wonderful little video on YouTube uh, talking about uh, what creatives turning pro, what creatives know. And it was um, it was a parallel between uh, this poem, this uh, how the how the poster, the, the YouTuber put it is some people will tell you if the inspiration is not bursting out of your chest, like, you know, like a bullet like or a missile don't do it. If it's not something that basically prevents you from sleeping, if you don't do it, then don't do it. You know? So if it's not authentic and genuine, it comes from your soul, then don't do it. But the YouTuber says, uh, this is full of passion and full of, you know, devotion and inspiration, but it's inherently wrong because what any professional will tell you that there's nothing more painful or, 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 um, frightening than just sitting down at a computer screen or a typewriter and just staring on a blank screen for hours. But professionals know that the first thing you need to do is to just write or to, and again, this can transpose onto any creative field, but yeah, it, the, yeah. the video was about writing. But what the first thing you need to do, any professional knows that you still have to commit to the exercise and habit of writing, okay? Because, and he paralleled that with an interview from George R.R. R. Martin, which is definitely a successful writer, but yeah. who's interviewing uh, Stephen King, where, as we all know, we're still waiting on George R.R. R. Martin's next book, but Stephen King writes a book like every four months. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. That's the difference between a talented writer and a professional writer. You understand? Yeah. The line is very different. He was telling that, you know, and the YouTuber was saying that being a professional has nothing to do with talent because George R.R. Martin is definitely a talented writer. He's a successful writer. He's like one of the most talented writers of the generation. But you cannot take anything away from Stephen King. He is a prolific writer and he writes for, you know, he writes for hours a day and he explains his writing process as sitting down and he is committed to actually writing six pages a day. For and for anybody into the creative field, you know, even our friend Jasmine could attest to that. Or for somebody like Stephen King, who's done it for decades, it's nothing, you know. So it's definitely something to take into account. So I know that you know you can only do by doing, 
you know? Yeah, so I think there's a, I think that's definitely right. I think there's a sort of myth. I don't know where it comes from exactly. Probably like, I don't know, some people like, I don't know, there's, I feel like there's definitely this myth of like, that you have to be like extremely passionate about something and that this is what you're going to be doing. And especially like even you're in, you're in a creative or artistic field that, you know, you're going to write your great novel at a great moment of inspiration and you're going to be not sleeping for days. I think it's like a somewhat romanticized version of, of, of the artistic process. Like I think, I definitely believe in like muscle memory and like exercising it. Obviously, I don't think it's a complete substitute for talent either. Like, I think, I don't think, I think if you have zero talent for some field, you could practice, 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 you'll become average, but you'll never become great. I think sure. talent is it, like what makes a truly great photographer, for example, is kind of that special combination of like talent and also, you know, practice and, and commitment and all of that. Um, I think they go kind of go into hand to hand. Because you can't really teach talent, I think the talent is something that's very mysterious, and and and, and some, sometimes that no, either you have it or you don't. Yeah, you, sometimes yeah, you, you just have it or you don't. But at this, but you can become like decent. I, I you can you can become solid. You can become like you can you definitely become at a at a level that you you're able to produce professional photography work. I yes. 100% believe that. Um, but yeah, I think the myth of this kind of like artist who just stands there doing nothing and then one day like lightning strike or a muse <laughs> shows up to him and Not then happen. he writes a great uh, Canadian novel is a little bit like overplayed. And um, yeah, I think I think it, it definitely takes commitment and, and, and you need to commit. You, you to need to commit. Yeah. And it was it's something that the YouTuber also says that, you know, professional writers know that the inspiration is going to come after the art of doing as you're writing, you realize, you know, oh, I could add this. Oh, I yeah. could do this. Yeah. But what if my character did this? Or what if, you know, that definitely once you get into that groove, that's only going to come from you doing it. That's when the inspiration is going to kick in. And that's when you're going to have your insights. And, you know, that is so true, but I'm definitely going to link to it uh, in the post because it's definitely something, it's a, it's, a, it's a really short video, well, short, a couple of 10 minutes, but, you know, it touches on a lot of really good topics that definitely the, the listeners could definitely benefit from into the entire creative endeavor. Man, there's no send it to you. But, wow, man, we've actually, you know, just like, we talked about so much, man. Wow. <laughs> That's why I love this this dynamic exchanges, man. Thank you so much, James. I say I swear. Sometimes I think I'm taking too much of your time, but man, I'm so grateful You're for you. Definitely not. And like, uh, like I said, it was a super long week at work, and uh, I was like, hey, I'm glad to do this to completely shift. Nice to catch up, man. It's really nice to catch up. It's really nice to catch up. But I'll definitely try to get no for seriously, seriously. But I'm fortunate that and Vyazi couldn't be with us. But again, you know, there it's it's a family and we're here. We totally understand the reasons and uh you know we'll definitely try to catch up for a later exchange. But again, it's not like we're lacking we're lacking content to talk about. But as always, I'll, I'm gonna link to your Instagrams and all your uh, presence on the online feeds. But as always, I like always to throw it away to the guests and any words of wisdom or, or like, you know, advice or tips that you might have for the listeners. The floor is yours. Um, one thing I would say, uh, go to art shows. 
go to art shows. I um, that's another thing that was part of my resolutions. Like I I I, I tend to I have always done that, um, but I think this year I said okay, I'm gonna go to more of them, especially go to some in Ottawa. I've I've been in Ottawa now for almost two years, but I don't feel like I've connected to the art scene as much as I did in Montreal. I mean, in Montreal, like you guys, everybody around me is an artist somehow. So that there was always something happening and stuff. And I was like, just this month, shout out to Clovis for doing his Vilnius stage next Wednesday, I believe. Paul mm-hmm. had his, uh, his opening last week. Apparently, it went very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, that's the thing. Like, I'm missing out on all of these things. But, uh, but yeah, recommendation tips go to art shows. They don't have to be photography, it could be anything else. But I think. I think I do believe strongly that all creative fields are connected somehow. I think sometimes you go to a very nice concert and then you have inspiration to take pictures. It's I think I 100% believe that things work like that. So go to an art show, go to a go, go to a good concert, go watch a nice movie. I think all of these are the things that kind of for me if, if we're thinking about like a muse and inspiration for me these are the things that usually do it. So yeah. Movies are definitely a very good point in terms of the artistic discovery and how, you know, how people express themselves through the creative field. I definitely I was late in the game, but I saw La La Land a couple of weeks ago, I think maybe two weeks ago, because I didn't have time to see it in the movies. But, you know, I just sat down and streamed it and it was a lot, a lot of fun. And I definitely agree with people because it was a discovery. And for generations of people who have not been exposed to musicals or people who have been otherwise turned off by the musical as a movie format, I definitely encourage you to see it because it holds up both as a love story, as I would say a comedy, a drama, and all painted in the background of a musical because you know the the casting, the directing, the the the, the realization, the editing, the editing. You know, a lot of scenes were thought, again, this is not a spoiler, but you look at a scene and you think it's a one shot and you realize that there's an insane amount of technical, you know, prowess going into that scene. It's amazing. It's a beautifully shot movie. It is visually, it is a beautiful, beautiful film, aside from being a really nice story. But it's a beautiful film. But uh, yeah, like you said, so young. When I I looked at so why 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 how is this guy doing a musical? He's like he's almost my age. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I I really liked it too. I saw it last year when it was um, during Oscar season last year. Uh, I really liked it. it was I thought a lot it was of fun. It was good. a lot of fun. I really yeah, enjoyed it. Kind of musicals, but I really enjoyed. It. I did not think I would enjoy it. So because the missus and I were just wa- trying to watch something you know out of our comfort zone. But it was definitely loving. I really love. I really love Gosling. I really love this dude. I just like. I. I. I this guy can do no wrong. He's touch on everything. I loved him. In, I love that pair, and uh, Crazy Stupid Love. But you know, just to see them again under uh, an exquisite direction and a beautiful yeah, they have movie. Good chemistry these two. Yeah. They have really great chemistry. It was really good chemistry. So it's definitely a movie that people should catch up on. So definitely worth it. Yeah, I think the subject also of balancing like your personal artistic aspirations with your relationship. It's Dude. a Dude. It's such a conversation starter on so many but points. It's still very interesting to see what people choose, you know, and how do you stay authentic? How do you stay true to your dream? For your relationship and uh, I mean Questions that that will never that will always exist, I think, and uh, so many conversation starters. It's so it's like it's. I'm not going to spoil everything. It's definitely worth it. But um, hey, you know, it's the it's like it was a great great point. You know, just expose yourself a little bit more to art. Read more uh, art books. 
And uh, again, suppose whatever your creative field, you will find inspiration in any form of other formats. So expose yourself to various forms of art, you know, whether it's painting or sculpture or art shows or music or anything. Don't close yourself off to just one narrow mindset, you know, expose yourself because art is art. And you'd be surprised how you might be inspired in ways that you otherwise would not have thought of. So those are actually very good words of wisdom. So, um, again, I can't thank you enough for your time, uh, Zims. Uh, like I said, I'll definitely link to, to all your various social media presence throughout the interwebs. Thank you so much for being here. Um, again, guys, uh, I can I'm bashing it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's definitely well, a very active presence there. But we're not bashing it. Platforms, let us know. <laughs> we're not bashing it, just highlighting, you know, some of the some of the quirks and particular irks that we might have with it. But again, we understand it's a popular tool and there's a reason for that because everybody else is doing it. Might as well join the fray. But uh, man, I thank you so much. This was a terrific exchange. And uh, you guys stay tuned for the next episode. Won't be definitely a photo roundtable, but as again, you never know because it's 2018 and we've got full of surprises coming down the pipeline. So as always, thank you for listening. Uh, catch up on the interwebs, um, the RSS feeds and the iTunes and the Google plays of this world. And as always, don't hesitate to leave a comment at awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Guys, have yourself a great evening and I'll see you next time. Take care. Stay awesome. Thanks, dude.